I think one of the things people struggle with is they think branding is about sales. Everybody wants an ROI of I want money immediately from doing this. And that's not how it works. Any type of branding, whether it's logo or audio or content or whatever you're doing is a long game. It's about, again, how can you do this consistently? How do you create a consistent feel? Branding has become more important than ever. It's always been important, but now you talk about people having an opinion or a statement or not having one on Black Lives Matters, on the pandemic, on what's going on, and that in an instant, people are like, oh, I'm boycotting this. I don't like this. Or I love this brand because they're doing this. That's branding. You know what I mean? Again, it's, it's, it's thinking about your brand as a whole in the long run. It's not a sales thing, but it helps get towards that, in my opinion. Welcome to the Sound in Marketing podcast. Today, I'm joined by Carrie Roberts. I know for a lot of you, you already know that name, but for those of you that don't, Carrie has been the voice of the Inside Voice podcast up until recently. She even interviewed me last year for the show. She's at all the Voice First events, both digitally and in person, and from what I've seen, interviewed people from all areas of the Voice First community. She also has a wonderful podcast called Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things, which I highly recommend checking out. She has such a positive outlook on life and highlights the good that people can do in this life, no matter their positioning defined by the world. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Wow, thank you for that beautiful introduction. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Um, so for those that don't know you, and even those that do, you have a very interesting background of what led you to voice. Can you kind of introduce yourself and what you do and what brought you to the voice industry? Yeah. So my background, I've been a dancer my whole life. My degree is in dance. So I worked in dance and health and fitness for a long time. I owned a dance studio for about seven years. And, um, you know, during that time, one of my favorite things was really bringing community together and really building a brand. And so when I was kind of done with the studio, I wanted to do something where I could do that, but I could do it with less overhead and that I didn't feel kind of stuck to an area. And so it really became, okay, how can I help different companies with their branding, with their community building? And it kind of got into this podcasting space. I started podcasting five and a half years ago, created my show, as you mentioned, Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things, and learned a lot. I had worked for some podcasting companies and started doing these podcasts for other people. And I heard about voice uh, probably a few years ago from Gary Vaynerchuk, as many had heard probably for the first time from him. And I always just love how can we connect better to the people and things we want most? And how can we use technology to do that? So that's where my interest in voice came from. And so a few years ago, you know, I, I live in New Jersey. And I was like, okay, where can I learn more about this? And Voice Summit popped up and I went to the event and loved it and learned a ton, but also learned that there was so many things that were new that we didn't know about. And I had reached out to Pete, the owner of Voice Summit, and we kind of talked about like, how could I help him? How could we work together? They had had this podcast, but they hadn't really done a whole lot with it. And he's like, you know, can you, can you do something with this? Um, and so... I really looked at like, okay, one of the things that Voice had done really well was they really were about providing this knowledge and education. And I was like, how can I help them build their brand and their community since that's what I do now? 
Um, and so it started with a couple episodes and then it became, okay, I want to do a couple episodes a week for them. Um, and one of the things that Pete is really big on who owns a voice summit is really about making sure there's a diverse, inclusive community. Um, he doesn't just talk about it. He does it. And whoever has been to any of his events online or offline sees that. I know I saw it the last couple of years when we would have speakers come in. I didn't know who was a speaker, who wasn't. It was such a mix. And so the idea here was how do we take this podcast, how do we grow it so it's a content machine and content generator for the company to get people aware, but also build the community? And how can I do that in a way that showcases not only diversity of people, so not just race and gender and sexual preference and backgrounds and all these different things, but also how can I show the diversity within voice technology within the space? And so that included not just CEOs and business owners, but conversational designers, sonic branders, um, people that were doing engineering, audiologists, instructors, you know, how could we kind of showcase this entire space um, to build the inside voice brand while also creating this community and giving people a voice. And so that's what I did for them for about a year. We really grew that community. We grew interest. Um, we grew awareness. And then for me personally, of course, I learned a ton about voice and got to meet so many amazing people within this space as well. Yeah, I think it's kind of a selfish thing, at least for me, like, because I enjoy doing this podcast so much just for the selfish reason that I'm learning so much. There's so much out there. And every time I interview somebody else, something else pops into my head and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's something else about sound we could talk about. It's just the the possibilities are limitless, like you were saying. So I really appreciate what you did and what he did with Inside Voice and what is continuing to happen because you're right. There's so much diversity that they include. It's just anyone under the sun it feels like uh gets to talk on that show and it's it's just it's it's mind-blowing how much there is out there and how much we how much room we have to grow in the voice industry it's true and i think you know you and i were talking a little bit offline about our shared interest and really making sure there's diversity and inclusion and i think for me, I've always been passionate about that. Uh, personally, even when I was a kid, I really am fascinated by, you know, the people who don't get their voices heard as much. And that's what I do on my show. That's what I did for that show. That's what I try to do for other shows that I help and with clients. Um, because I think it's important. You know, a lot of times we hear the same 10 people speaking and it's great, but other people have value to offer to the conversation too. And I think we need to allow that to come in um, because, you know, people that are in, if we're talking about voice technology specifically, you have people who are audiologists that what they know is going to directly affect the effectiveness of a voice skill or app. And so we need to include them. We need to include psychologists. You know, when we're talking about, we're creating emotionally intelligent voice experiences, do we have psychologists and therapists in that conversation? You know, a lot of times tech gets very, okay, we're only going to work with developers, but it's really important to make sure we are really reaching out to everyone to see who can kind of help us make this robust and work well. Yeah. And I was speaking with um, a, a couple of my guests recently talking about the analytics that have been, uh, the data and the analytics that have been acquired over the past decade or so through voice, through streaming, through all these like online uh, platforms. They're 
they're sitting there and they're not they're not necessarily being shared with the community. So it may be all of this information is within one company, but gosh, what could we do if that one company shared and all of the companies shared their information? It's the same as the different voices for the different institutions that are inside of voice. It's the same as marketing and having as many of the senses as possible in there. The more of the bigger picture you have, the better product and the better community it becomes. Oh, of course. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of companies want to keep that to themselves because they don't want the competitors to see. They want to, you know, have a better advantage. So obviously there is that in play, but I have seen, you know, with voice technology over these past couple of years, because it is so new and I don't think it will last, although I hope it does. I do love that you have people having conversations from different companies. There's less this competitiveness, but like, okay, have you figured it out? is this working? Has this worked for you? Because everybody really wants to advance this arena. And I think it's great that we're seeing such that mix of community within voice. Absolutely. Um, And as a composer, um, when I landed in the Southern California area, I was warned like, oh, everybody's cutthroat. You know, you got to watch out. People are going to try and, you know, steal your gigs. And Fortunately, I landed into a group of people that were very supportive of each other, and I realized really quick, yes, we all compose, but we all have different pieces of the puzzle. Like, we all come to the table in a different way. We all have different strengths and different weaknesses, and so it just makes sense to root each other on and share what we've learned along the way because, yeah, I'm, I'm just not a competitive person, I guess. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, that goes back to the whole concept of like, there's more than enough for everyone. And I think this is why I love brand so much, because even if you had, you know, you and I are both podcasters, we have similarities, but we're both going to do things differently. And that's where brand comes in. It's really about how do you differentiate yourself in a unique and genuine way Um, because it's going to attract different people. It doesn't mean that one is necessarily better than the other. It's just different. And I think that's really important when we're thinking about it as a whole. What would you say in your experience in the voice industry, what would you say would be the top five sound usages that you've been seeing that um, is just like blowing your mind in the sound marketing universe, the sound industry? I want to talk about sound kind of as a whole. I'm very much a connector. I'm all about how to things connect and work together. I don't really think about things in silos. So I kind of want to actually, since we're talking a lot about voice technology, go back to the Inside Voice podcast for a moment and some of the people I interviewed. Um, So we had on Anna Pugh, she's an audiologist. And when she spoke about sound, one of the things that she made really um, clear that I wasn't aware of is that a lot of people think of people who can't hear as just deaf. And although there is this population that are deaf, there's a larger population that's hard of hearing. And every single person, for the most part, as we age, will start to lose our hearing a little bit, which is similar to why people need glasses when they hit their 40s or 50s. It's a pretty common thing. And so one of the things she talked about when we're talking about sound and whether that's, you know, a ping or music or words, that's all sound to me, you're really thinking about how does somebody hear that sound? So it's not about volume, she was saying. It's about the frequency of sounds or fricative sounds or what certain sounds can people hear and what can they not. And so when you're thinking about creating content or you're creating sonic branding or sound design, are you putting that into consideration when you're thinking about who's listening to this? So um, that was kind of interesting. I would say another one, I had um, Eugene Kim on. He is an audio engineer. He's worked for 
um, Netflix and a lot of different uh, large uh, media publications. And he talked about the sound quality. You know, are you using good equipment? Are you in the right room? Um, are you pulling the sound well? You know, there's been a lot of voice experiences and podcasts I've heard that the sound is terrible um, and I don't want to interact with it. And it doesn't matter how good the content is or how good the composing is, but if it wasn't recorded well, that makes a difference. So when you're thinking about sound, you're really thinking about what's the quality now of the sound within the stuff that I'm using. I would probably say uh, the third one, which you've had on your show and you know very well, Steve Keller of Pandora. I love how he blends psychology and science with sound. And he talks about you know, how sound can actually help people make decisions or buy. And he had given an example in like a TEDx talk a while back where he talked about this, um, I forget the name of the company, but it was a banana company. And they were inside a grocery store and there would be like this mat that people would step on. And there would be this voice that would kind of talk to them about bananas and be like, oh, don't you want to try one? And kind of this weird like persuasive way about bananas. And it was kind of fun. It was different. It was unexpected. And in the studies, it showed their level of revenue on their bananas went and skyrocketed. So it shows that there's this kind of psychological element and selling component that sound can have. And again, sound meaning sounds, music, words, anything that we're kind of hearing is how I think of sound. I then would say, because you're giving me five, I have so many great people that I know. Um, the other two, I would say, uh, Caitlin Gunstakunz, she works for Creativity Inc. Um, one of the things she did really well was she used real voices. I think when we're talking about voice technology, I really don't like the Alexa or Google Assistant voice. Again, I'm a brand person. So when every app has that same voice, it's the Alexa or Google brand, not yours. And so the value of having real voice. So when they created the um, Stranger Things app, it was amazing. They used the real actors, their voices, their sounds from the show. And that made me feel like part of the show. It was an extension of the show. It didn't feel separate. So the value of using real voices and why they're important within the experience. And then the final one I'll give is Harry Yiff, um, also known as Rapes One. He is one of the best beatboxers in the world, and he's been working with Nokia Bell Labs um, over the years to kind of use voice and use sound um, in the art world. And he talks about how sound can actually make us more creative, how him using sound has created new sounds for him to come from his voice. And how do we use this in an artistic way? How can we create visuals with sound. So when you're asking me about what are some of these exciting things about sound, I think we really need to think about how does it come from an art perspective, from psychology, from really using human voices to the sound quality to the actual sound we're hearing. It, there's so much encompassed within sound as a whole. Absolutely. I agree. And I think that um, a lot of brands and companies are exploring one element of it, but I feel like until we can incorporate all the different angles, uh, we're not going to get that true, full, sincere experience. And I think we're all just trying to figure that out right now, what that means. And it, you know, brand brand to brand, it's going to be different too, because a full like sonic branding package may not be relevant. It may just be they need a sonic logo. But it's just very exciting to be kind of on the cusp of discovering what what sound really is because it's just exciting for people from all different angles to be exploring this and I just find it 
personally uh, fascinating. So, yeah. And I think, you know, when we're talking about sonic branding, I mean, I kind of mentioned, you know, all these elements we need to be thinking about in sound. Um, but I think sonic branding too, uh, you know, it's, I always say it's like an audio logo. So people always think, you know, oh, maybe it's just, um, if they're in voice, it's just what my voice app is going to do, but it could be your walk-up music. It could be on your podcast. It could be on your website. It could be at your event. It could be on a commercial. So really, again, you know, where your, lo your visual logo is, it's similar in the sense that you're now using sound to create this brand. And I think, again, what's different about sound for me than the visual, maybe because I'm a dancer, is it's a feeling. Again, what's the feeling I get from listening to this to being around this? Is the feeling embodying who I am or what my company is about? And if not, then it's probably not the right fit. And I know talking to Steve and having talked to you, um, a couple other people's in the sonic branding space, they really talked about their process. I mean, I know Pandora goes through a very extensive process that they do to make sure that it is the right fit, that it's not just some song that you're putting on. So it definitely has value beyond just one piece as a whole. I think people get overwhelmed when they're like, well, I don't know what my my brand sounds like. And it's just it's just a matter of thinking a little bit differently. And I, I feel that once people kind of sit in it for a minute, like dip their toes in and just like kind of explore, even as simplistically as, you know, w would you hear this kind of music? in uh in your brand or would you not hear this kind of music what about your competitors what do they sound like i feel like if you broke it down into bite-sized pieces just so that they could experiment and kind of create a mood board of sorts it wouldn't be as intimidating and i feel like that might be you know a lot of people's hang-ups for it is just because this is a different way of thinking but if you put it in context with um visual you know, if you have a, a branding package for your visual, you you follow certain guidelines. And it's not something that you figure out overnight. These branding packages are huge and super expensive. But if people would just give themselves the time and allow themselves the time, I feel that by exploring the sound of their brand, they would understand their brand even better. And by doing so, they would be able to experiment with sounds and just know this is something that my brand would represent this is something my brand would not represent. That's that's my personal feeling on it. Uh, it doesn't do anything but strengthen your understanding of your brand and your brand in general. I agree. And I think, um, you know, because like I said, you're helping from this kind of sonic and, and music side. You know, I help with branding from the content side. And it's the same thing. I think one of the things people struggle with is they think, branding is about sales. Everybody wants an ROI of I want money immediately from doing this. And that's not how it works. Any type of branding, whether it's logo or audio or content or whatever you're doing is a long game. It's about, again, how can you do this consistently? How do you create a consistent feel? Um, we are in an, a day and age right now where branding has become more important than ever. I mean, I believe it's always been important, but now you talk about people having an opinion or a statement or not having one on Black Lives Matters, on the pandemic, on what's going on, and that in an instant, people are like, oh, I'm boycotting this. I don't like this. Or I love this brand because they're doing this. Um, that's branding. You know what I mean? Again, it's, it's, it's thinking about your brand as a whole uh, in the long run, not just in the immediate thing. And it's not a sales thing, but it helps get towards that, in my opinion. 
stay tuned next week for the second part of Carrie and I's conversation where we talk more about sonic branding and sound marketing and how to understand it. For more of the Sound and Marketing Podcast, don't forget to follow, subscribe, and share. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Stitcher. For inquiries on producing and developing your own podcast, or for inquiries on sonic branding and sonic branding consultation availabilities, you can find me at Dreamer Productions. That's D-R-E-A-M-R productions.com, LinkedIn, and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at dreamerproductions.com. All links will be provided in the show notes. This episode was produced by Dreamer Productions and hosted, written, and edited by me, Gina Isham. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.